This is Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx Podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. episode of Tamarindo, I'm missing my partner in crime, Brenda, but I'm joined by special guest Iman Gibson for a conversation around the evolution of wellness, different practices and resources that can help with the emotions and heaviness we're experiencing, and how we can all be more intentional in our daily lives. Iman Gibson is a health educator, wellness evangelist, and meditation teacher with over 10 years of experience, inspiring and enabling people to be mindful and develop healthy habits. She also daylights in well-being and product for a Fortune 100 company. Refresh, her album of meditations, Guided Over Music, is streaming on all major platforms. Welcome back, Tamarindo listeners. I'm really excited. We have Iman Gibson in the Tamarindo house today. What's up, Iman? So I already introduced you, so people already know what a badass you are. What? (laughs) So full disclosure, Iman and I go way back to high school. She's one of my mera meras. (laughs) We met at a summer, a nerdy summer program in LA. I remember it was my first first sleepaway program and I was like, hella nerviosa, but like Iman was just so sweet and nice and we've been friends ever since. Yeah, I feel like we've seen each other go through college and like so many career shifts and I was just reflecting on our journeys and it's it's crazy because like I feel like we've arrived at very similar missions about how we Mm want to help people live healthier and more fulfilling lives and I know you've really inspired me at points throughout your journey um you know I feel like yeah for sure and like you know, I've seen you like you've been a model for me as I've been exploring what I wanted to do in this space. And and I feel like we've just been trying to figure out, you know, and at points doing better than others, how we, mm-hmm. especially as women of color, can can mm-hmm. do what we're inspired to do. We feel inspired to do in a sustainable way within mm-hmm. like kind of these structures that aren't always so friendly to us. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So like I want to get into your experience, you know, in the wellness space, because I think it's it's grown exponentially and it's changed a lot. And there's a lot to explore there, given our current mm-hmm. reality. But I also want to talk about this current reality, like where we are, what we, where we've been through. You know, on the last episode, I talked a little bit about how, especially in the Latinx community, how we can talk to our family and friends right. about racism and anti-blackness and, you know, my own experiences with my family and, you know, mm-hmm. having black partners and a lot of black friends and how that kind of helped me work through some of these conversations. But I just wanted to reflect a little bit on anti-blackness in the Latinx community because I still think it's very prevalent. But I think even throughout the course of our friendship We've seen Mm -hmm. that climate and and change between the Black and the Latinx community. So I wanted to just to start a little bit there, some reflections. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. First of all, I'm so excited to be on Tamarindo podcast. I've long dreamt of this day and I'm so excited (laughs) to be talking to my dear friend here. And, um, you know, I think for me, it's been really interesting because I think I was born, you know, with a really strong love for the, the Latinx community. I Spanish is actually also my first language in addition to English. And so my parents really, even though they're not Latino, they like raised me to really value the culture. And during the time that we were younger, you know, there was so much going on, especially in LA with race riots. I had people that I knew who lost loved ones to violence between, you know, black and Latinx communities, like people being shot just because of the color of their skin between us, you know, two cultures that are marginalized and disenfranchised and kind of crabs in the barrel. Like, Hey, we're fighting for these same, like, you know, low paying opportunities and, you know, like, 
pitted against each other when we really can put our put our hands together and, and be stronger than ever, which is, I think, where we are moving towards now. Um, so it's really been beautiful to see the trajectory. And there's so many crazy things that have happened. I remember, Do you remember that time when we were younger and my dad and I dropped you off at your aunt's house? Do you remember where that was? Highland Park, which, is, which in itself is a community that's been completely oh transformed since, right. since, since back in the day. I might use a different word than transformed, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not word. thinking of it necessarily in a, in a positive way when I say not that. At all. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, not even a little bit. <laughs> but I remember, you know, we were like dropping you off and then my dad, you know, my dad and I were driving away in like our little old school, you know, like a 1970s Nissan CX loaded the ground, you know, and we're driving off. And there are these dudes on the corner, like these two, two dudes on the corner. And they're like, pull up. Like what you, you want this, you want this pistola on your face right now? Like you, is that what you want? Like we were, we were scared, you know, we were like, Oh man, like just for dropping my friend off at home, I have to be like, you know, have somebody flexing a gun underneath their shirt about to pull it out on me. And my dad, like, you know, it was really deep. Yeah. For no damn reason. For no reason. Like driving. Yeah, it was crazy. And I think, you know, I, I reflect on, you know, having to stand up for my friends when we were, um, I went to a school where I was the only, uh, black person in my class. And then my best friend was the only Latina in our class. And I remember people saying really awful things, you know, like about her family and what they might do for work and just like making assumptions about her. And, you know, people that I knew in my culture doing the same thing and standing up for that and saying like, no, you know, this is not cool. Like, what are you talking about? Why would you ever say that? Or hearing hate speech about brown people and standing up for that. And I learned like at a really young age because of my love for the the people, my friends and the culture, like to be a good ally. And so it's been really cool to see that full circle come for support for us right now. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I think it's really great to reflect on where we we're coming from you know because there is still a lot of room for growth there's still a lot we can do but I think it's it's beautiful to see how far we've come and I think it's important to celebrate that too Mm -hmm. but also just not stay complacent with where we are right and that's something that I've been thinking a lot about it's like where can I still grow I can't just be like cool yeah like I've done all this work like there's still so much more that that I can be doing in terms of educating myself in terms of getting more involved and and continuing to educate my own community you know Mm -hmm. and you know I was thinking about it too I mean even just you know when you talk about anti-blackness in the in the Latinx community you know there's a lot of black people who are also, you know, Latinx as well. And so when you think about even just what are our innate views of not just black people, but how we think about people, uh, how accepting we are of others thinking about their skin color or their hair texture, you know, what we see is like Belo Malo or like, you know, the opposite, right? Like, do we want to, are we accepting of ourselves, of our full selves? Are we seeing each other as beautiful regardless of what shade we come in or what type of hair we have or how, you know, difficult it is to comb? You know, like how are we, are we inclusive of that when we think about who we want to date and who we want to befriend um, and what we want to call beautiful or aspire to? You know, I think it's, it's beautiful to see that shift happening, but there's definitely, I see a, a huge gap there for sure. Right, right. And and I think that that's been, it's been really inspiring how the Latinx community has stepped up mm-hmm. in acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. Right. And acknowledging the erasure of Afro Latinos and and like how we in, internalize different, more white standards of beauty, you know, and that we that we still haven't unraveled fully. 
that right. we've had, you have to acknowledge it within yourself before you can actually start to undo those things. And I think maybe a lot of us only now um, are starting to really think about that and in, in, in a deep, like introspective, like what views am I still holding, you know? Right. Iman, so I know that you've been working on building a resource around anti-racism. So I would love for you to share with the listeners what you've been working on. Yeah. So a close friend of mine uh, that I've known since seventh grade, actually, and I are both meditation teachers. And she now is in a country music band, has moved to rural Georgia, and just le- learning about her experiences with racism in the U.S. Being being in a country band, you know, she lives in a segregated town where one side of the town is black and the other has Confederate flags on the lawn. And because she's black and I'm white, we've navigated this together through our friendship. And I've really seen it amplified, you know, with her going to parts of the country that are so prejudiced. Um, and then it's helped me open my eyes a bit more to see the prejudice that's around me, even here in the liberal, very liberal Bay Area, quote unquote, liberal Bay Area. And so... Mm-hmm. We're really focused on tackling racism using the vehicle of meditation to help people tune inward, you know, reflect on their privilege, reflect on their place in the system of systemic racism and to awaken and and to grow from there. Our goal is really for each person to ask themselves genuinely, you know, do I treat all beings equally? Do I prefer some beings over others? And to really sit with those questions, we have um, developed some really beautiful journal questions around this to really help people delve deeper. And eventually our goal is that not only will will folks realize and wake up to that, wake up to their own re- reality of where their starting place is, that they'll have the courage and ability to make different choices. And then eventually it'll become as a as breath. When you see injustice, you respond with action. I'm really excited about the project. And of course I did like beautiful original photography for it because, you know, the visuals gotta be. I mean, y'all should know Iman is like hella talented, like name it, she can do it. (laughs) (laughs) When can we expect that to be out? And how, how can we cop it? <laughs> yeah, so we're targeting a, a release, a general release on the 4th of July because, you know, what does freedom mean in this country? And for Tamarindo Podcast listeners, we're actually doing a sneak peek, uh, original, a pre-release for you all that'll be available when this episode airs. Ooh, exclusive, hell yeah. exclusive, 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 exclusive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I love that. Oh, I mean, it's so important. And I mean, and I know you're like doing this on top of like a nine to. I mean, I don't. I'm not even going to call it a nine to five, but I, I know that <laughs> you're doing all. a million things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and on top of that, like you know, your work around this, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so kudos, kudos to you. Like, thank you so much for for everything that you do. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Yeah. So, I mean, so I know you've been in, you know, the quote unquote wellness space, which by the way, I, I just hate that word for some reason. I've been saying, I've been saying well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we call it now at my company too. We started to get like a, you know, it started to have a negative connotation. We can, mm-hmm. we can maybe dig into that a little bit later, but I wanted mm-hmm. to, I wanted to reflect on, you know, you've been in this, in this field or in it for a minute. And um, how would you characterize it, the changes that you've seen? Like what were some of the challenges you've experienced? What are you seeing? And like, maybe what things excite you? you about what's happening as well. So I grew up in West LA in the 90s and the 2000s. And there was this point, I mean, I had the privilege to be able to learn yoga and meditation through my mother and in school before it was like cool or popular to be into that stuff, you know, and really understanding that there are eight limbs of yoga and the the physical practice is only one. 
you know, there's so much about how you show up in the world, how you act, how you speak, how you sit with your thoughts, what you do. And there's so much of that has nothing to do with the physical practice. The physical practice is just a small portion of it. And I remember there, you know, I used to go to like donation yoga and these smelly rooms and like, you know, people are wearing loose clothes and no one cares how they look. And then at some point, it was like a hundred dollar yoga pants landed over LA and then they spread across the country like a little virus. And it was just like so popular to, you know, like pay, thir- you know, now $30 for a class and like wear this outfit that's like costs more than your grocery budget for the week. And, you know, just like take pictures in these poses and post it on Instagram, trying to thirst trap. You know, it's like has nothing to do like with the, the focus of the project practice of, you know, humbling yourself and being kind and being loving and being at peace and sitting with your thoughts. And, you know, and, and then there's, you know, don't get me started on the whole, like, you know, proliferation of superfoods where it's like, oh, we're going to take this, you know, acai and like, you know, maca and all these other things, cacao and whatever from Latin America. And then we're going to like put, you know, an, a westernized brand on it and pay no homage to the people who, who've actually grown these things and who've been using them in their cultures in beautiful ways forever. So right. And then charge yeah. hella for it, right? Charge <laughs> so much, girl. Hella. Someone asked me today, like, oh, I want to buy some hibiscus flowers. I'm like, yeah, I get them at like the Mexican market. Like, by my house but like and they're like oh I got them from some like you know organic place online and they were like x mm. much dollars and I'm like what? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. oh god yeah by the way for right. y'all <laughs> yes if you didn't know now you know <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I think I think we all have a responsibility to pay attention to what we consume, right? I take that very seriously. I think just because I'm a person of color, just because I'm black, I if I'm doing yoga and wearing like, you know, my little fancy yoga pants and sports bra, you know, like, and I'm in the class and I've maybe used my, you know, I've, I may not have always paid $30, but I'm still in there, right? Like, how am I contributing to this, appropriation of of a culture you know how am I doing that as I buy my foods I have two choices right and what what gets me excited and this does not count as what I'm excited about because I have more things but (laughs) you know what gets me excited is that we have an opportunity to really like choose like do I want to buy things that are fair trade certified do I want to read about Mm -hmm. the farmers who grow my food do I want to understand how turmeric is used in Indian culture by, you know, my friend's, my friend's grandma and auntie and how it's like not this whole, you know, fun golden milk thing that I just buy at coffee bean, you know, it's like, do I want to take the time to do the work and understand how I can become awake to what I'm consuming instead of just, you know, whitewashing it. And, and I think that's really right. important. And, um, you know, to really pay respect to the ancestors that provided us these beautiful foods like quinoa and maca and cacao and turmeric, you know, like used as medicine, you know, that's, that's very yeah. powerful. And I feel honored that I get the opportunity to use them. So, so can I honor mm-hmm. the, the folks who provided that for us? Right. And I think that all that also makes yeah, that makes the experience of consuming so much more beautiful, so much more intentional, mm-hmm. you know? 
man more ceremonial um, yeah too. I feel like for sure like I feel like eating has become so different for me once I really started thinking was started to be intentional and like mindful about how what I was consuming and how I was consuming it and I think mm-hmm. that you bring up a really great reminder for us not only should we be intentional about what we're consuming but also how we're consuming it and how we're honoring where it comes from like I think that's so important and I think that's mm-hmm. beautiful and I'm, and I'm glad you're calling that out yeah I mean food is really medicine it's it's it, you know that's a whole other side note but we heal our bodies with what we eat and we also take on the energy of what we eat and so if we eat foods that are cultivated in a way that that has hurt others we're consuming that into our bodies as we as we eat them so I feel I feel very strongly about that I feel strongly about you know being um, intentional with everything I put into my body both with you know the quality of that actual that actual item and then also the energy that's behind it yeah I feel that amen if I, I know you might know that we have matracas if I had the matraca on me right now I'd be doing like hella hella matraca I'm doing the motion with my hand though actually me too, me too. <laughs> I'm also dancing just a little bit in this closet I love it as I'm, I sweat I'm, I'm so glad hot. you have enough space to dance I don't have I any know face. I took my shirt off girl <laughs> took my shirt off <laughs> I'm just dripping in sweat I say dripping in sweat anyway Anyway, um, so what are <laughs> so what are some things that are, that excite you about what you're seeing in this in this very broad space that we call wellness well being? Man, I am so excited! I'm so excited about so many things. Representation, I'm excited about. I'm excited okay. about this. The most, the thing I'm most excited about is black and brown people going to therapy. I mean, there's Ooh, so that. Hey. Uh, Right. <laughs> oh, whew. I kind of let out like a holy yeah, breath on that one. Like I, yeah, I just crossed myself. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you know, just like growing up, it's like you know, in our cultures, it's like if something's wrong, you pray about it and then you keep it pushing. You know, and resiliency comes from being vulnerable. It doesn't come from pushing through our pain. And when you're talking about mm-hmm. people who have been through so much collectively like all of you know all of our cultures we've been through so much like for us it's years and hundreds of years of oppression for you know for brown people it's like so many other things that are just are happening you know right now and for both of us and systematic oppression that happens with both of us that's so heavy to hold and so it's so exciting to me to see people really taking their health into their own hands and and going to therapy there's so many great resources now on psychology today you can filter and look for a culturally relevant therapist you can find a therapist who speaks spanish you can find a therapist for that specializes in issues for lgbtq folks you can find like people who really speak for you and it's it's so Oh my God, I have chills like thinking about it. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you did you have those same that same kind of like feeling around therapy growing up where it just seemed like that it, it was not like if you did it, that it meant that you were weak or that you were weird or whatever. How did you feel around that growing up? You know, it's really interesting because I grew up with really progressive parents, but at the same time, we're still black parents. And I also had, you know, I was in this like super liberal, mostly white environment from, you know, age 11 through 12th grade and, and, and then through college, obviously. And I think so I had the juxtaposition of both. And I think the biggest thing for me was kind of like in our culture, you just, 
don't tell your business to people that you don't yep. know. You yep. don't, you don't tell your family 100. secrets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that was totally me. Like just so much internalized shit that I carried with myself because that's what I felt like we were supposed to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel you on a, a matraca to just finally be able to, to be vulnerable, be right. free, like seek Liberate. help. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Imam, we're going to take a quick break. I hope y'all are enjoying this conversation, but we'll be right back. All right. You have enough to think about right now. Don't add your sexual and reproductive health care to the list. Planned Parenthood is here for you to ease your mind and give you the care you need with Planned Parenthood Telehealth Services. Planned Parenthood is here for you wherever you are because they know that your care can't wait. Not now, not ever. Their telehealth services provide birth control information and care, STI testing and treatment, emergency contraception, and more. Get care, ease your mind, and save a trip. Planned Parenthood Telehealth makes it easy to reach an expert in your area by phone or by video. Experts are on hand. Set up a telehealth appointment with a Planned Parenthood medical professional by phone or video today. Go to plannedparenthood.org forward slash telehealth. The website once again is plannedparenthood.org forward slash T-E-L-E-H-E-A-L-T-H. I'm going to say that one more time. Plannedparenthood.org forward slash telehealth. All right, we're back. So, Iman, what are some, you know, people, resources that you think are really powerful and would be really helpful to our listeners right now, given, you know, everything that that is happening in our world? Yeah, there's many that I'm like super, super excited about. One is the Liberate app. It's a meditation app for people of color, for all of us. And... There's like a subscription on it, but there's a lot of free free meditations on there. That's really awesome. This the meditation center that I go to here in Oakland is a really beautiful, powerful source of healing. It's called East Bay Meditation Center, and they have workshops and experiences offered online. They have also different sitting groups. People of Color Meditation Group is on Thursday nights. I attend that. I've been attending that for a couple of years, and it's the largest sitting sangha sitting meditation group for people of color in the country and it's really powerful to see other people who look like you and who look like we do together you know meditating and talking about their spirituality and talking through some of the things that we were mentioning that are relevant for us because of how spirituality looks different for us than it does for the mainstream so I'm really passionate about the resources they have they're amazing Angel Kyoto Williams is this like baller zen monk and she uh i believe she's a zen priest and she has these sits for people of color for black people and for everyone and she comes hard with the fire you know zen is normally like very austere i actually sit zen quite a lot um but it's very austere and serious and rigid and she brings a lot of that like culture to it and makes it really accessible for people and also speaks a lot on racism as well and um the importance of people of color having space to thrive in spiritual community. Mm -hmm. I I love her. I can't say enough about her. She also has a really awesome book on the topic as well. Can you tell our listeners what what you mean when you say Zen? Yeah. So Zen meditation, Zen is a type of meditation. There's mindfulness-based meditation, which I think is the most popular, you know, in the West and just all over the world now. Zen meditation is more focused on the physical form. As you sit into the form, you know, you you sit with an erect spine, you sit with your hands and your lap um, in a kind of an open oval circle. 
people. And that form really guides you kind of through your practice versus you being led by the breath or by watching the thoughts pass as, as you might be in other types of meditation. Mm, and then actually, like, you invited oh, me to yeah. do a salad. Yeah, my first and only so far, but it was freaking <laughs> beautiful um, all day silent meditation retreat yeah. at, at the Zen Center in, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. 540 in the morning too, all day. You know, I had never done anything like that where I spent an entire day without talking mm-hmm. uh, and then an entire day in, in meditation. I think before that, the longest I had meditated was like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember so that. I went, you did so, so well. I went all in that day. I was yeah. so scared. It was, I remember like a few hours into it. I remember thinking like, bro, like I can't do this. <laughs> like there's no way, there's no way. I think I'm going to leave at noon. I'm going to tell them that like, I really have to go. I just can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Did I tell you that? No. That I was like really, I was really thinking I was going to dip like 100. (laughs) But I, you know, as, as the day went on and the hours progressed, it's just like, I started just sitting with it more Mm -hmm. and just like really embracing what it was. And I literally, I think had a fear of just sitting Mm-hmm. with my you know in in the form sitting with myself without all these other distractions mm-hmm. like I was like scared to sit with myself and I think that that's for a lot of people that's part of the fear they have around meditation right, right. it's like what's what's gonna come up right and it's and it and when I realize like how beautiful it is to be there and and see what comes up like that's okay if it's like tough things if those tough things come up it's because those are the things that you need to to address you know and a lot of times we do so many like we do so many other things that so Mm -hmm. we don't have to think about the things that we really actually have to think about Mm -hmm. you know we just push them under Mm -hmm. and it was just and it ended up being the longer that the day went just more and more and more beautiful and Mm -hmm. I, i was feeling more and more grateful for it for like for those tough moments too you know, like, whereas Mm -hmm. before it's like, I I think I need to leave. Later, it was like, no, let me sit with this, right? Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I was able to see this beauty in people by seeing them and not speaking. It's like our, like our, our souls were connecting in a way that like without judgment, you know, because I think a lot of times we pass judgment when we see people, but we also then pass judgment again when they speak. Absolutely. But like, I feel like, in engaging with each other in silence, like there was one level of judgment removed. And so I could mm-hmm. see more of the beauty in other people. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that, that really stayed with me. Mm-hmm. In addition to just, I, I think like being able to see things more clearly, more focused. Like I would, I was looking outside into, into the courtyard and I was seeing the leaves differently. I was seeing colors differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. So are you going to take that um, absence of judgment and stop judging me for eating my zanahoria with my peanut butter or what? Okay, yeah, I passed judgment. I thought it was weird. <laughs> to, but but I was like, okay, I'm going to try it for real. Like I okay, had okay, judgment okay. for a second okay. and then I let it go. And I think like that's actually like another thing we can talk about is like having judgment, feeling angry, like having all these like emotions or, or thoughts that maybe don't feel as positive they're like natural and there's like nothing wrong with feeling these things it's just the awareness to know that you're doing it to then like let it go you spoke on a couple really good things I think you spoke on the form of sitting and how it's hard for people to sit you know in that way for a long period of time I think the thing that I want to mention really quick it's kind of off topic but not really is like you know you don't have to sit to meditate you can walk and focus on the soles of your feet you can mm-hmm. eat as we do in Zen and sit and really savor your food, smell your food, taste every aspect of the flavors rolling across your tongue. You know, you can speak with other people. You can be mindful of your 
words, of your energy, of your emotions as you speak to them. I think, you know, the sitting practice is like training for you know, you're training like you're in your dojo and like you're like a martial artist or something preparing for for life, right? But like the rest of Mm -hmm. it, you can apply that to everything, which is like so powerful and gets me just so happy um, thinking about it for sure. The last thing you said, you know, you mentioned something about anger and I wanted to just mention a resource for people around anger. Tara Brock, who um, is a the teacher I follow the most, has a talk on anger that y'all can Google if you if you'd like to 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 receive some really some gems on that. I think there's a framework called the RAIN framework that teaches you how to sit with whatever emotions are there, to accept them, acknowledge them, figure out where they show up in your body. And then to nurture yourself through that. And that's such a powerful mindfulness tool for whatever we're dealing with, especially during these difficult times to help us, you know, sit with what's there. She released that podcast episode Mm -hmm. um, around the RAIN framework. So if y'all look up Tara Brock, I think it's just Tara Brock. If you look it up, you can also find her her podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you want to just quickly go through what, what RAIN stands for? Yeah, yeah. So, and I will say there's there's a, a lot of talks on rain, and and it's not something that she necessarily came up with herself, but it's it's super powerful. Yeah. So rain stands for recognize, where you recognize what emotions arisen in your you know in your mind state. You allow it to be there. So a lot of times, you know, when we feel angry, for example, we say like, oh no, I'm angry. I can't be angry right now. I'm just going to like push that away or I'm going to let it go. And so, so, so it's okay for it to be there. We allow it to be there. You can even tell yourself, it's okay. You're welcome here. You investigate it. So where does this show up in my body? You know, is my chest tight? Is my stomach in knots? Are my shoulders slumped over? And then nurture, nurture yourself, put your arms around yourself, give yourself a hug, visualize yourself surrounded by light, allow yourself to be held by the floor, the cushion, the blanket that's on you, you know, really let it, let yourself feel loved, kind of like you're mothering yourself a little bit. And that practice is, yeah, super healing, rain meditation. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I've been thinking about it, and like I listened to this to this episode recently, and I was thinking about anger in particular, mm-hmm. and, and this framework being so helpful when we think about anger, especially right now, right? Given everything that's going on, how we can use, think about anger in a, in a transformative way, like how can we use it to truly be helpful? And one of the things that, you know, I really was, you know, reading about and thinking about was this, this idea of allowing it to be there. You know, I think in the past I might've thought like, oh, I shouldn't be angry. Right. Mm -hmm. And that like, like anger is like natural and, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just letting us know that there's something that is not okay within us. Right. Mm -hmm. And to just, like you said, just let it be there, but that, you know, the next step is investigating, not necessarily, not letting it sit with like, let me blame someone else for this anger. Right. Cause if you let it, if you stay in the blame towards another, then you're not able to investigate what's going on inside of you. Right. Right. And anger is a really important reaction. If you think biologically about what we are, I mean, we're animals and you think about, you know, in the wild, when an animal, like if you think about a deer, when a deer um, is in danger, they, you know, stop grazing and they, they put their head up and they kind of go into this state where they're, you know, they're on guard, they're looking around, right? And then if it's safe, then they'll go back to grazing. If not, they'll run away. So I think fear and anger, these emotions, you know, we have them because we need them. And and so they're, they're, that was an example a little bit more about fear, but I think you can see what, what I'm trying to get out here. These are natural reactions we have. And so it's, it's using them in the right way versus suppressing them. Yeah. Okay, Iman. So now we're at the time in our show when we like to ask our guests 
rapid fire questions. So the first one is, what gets your matraca right now? So this is something that you're loving. This can be a person, place, concept, or thing. It could be silly, serious, deep, or not deep. Can I say like <laughs> two really quick ones? Yeah, go for it. Okay, okay. So one's like more serious, one's silly. On the serious note, like I've really been loving like the sisterhood I'm feeling right now. I feel really uplifted by other human beings like holding me up just during this time. You know, I've been having a hard time lately because with everything going on, people I don't know have been like you know, buying my dinner and like leaving it for me just to take care of me. Or, you know, people have been offering to teach my meditation class when I was having a hard time or just really taking care of me, checking in. And that's been just like so, so special and made me feel so loved. And then the other thing that gives my matraca, my matraca is like this makeup free life. Like I used to, when I was in middle school, like I would never walk out of the house without eyeliner on. Okay. Like I had to have like my eyeliner on. And now I'm like, I feel so in love with my own face, like my own natural face. I'm like so happy to show my face anywhere in the world um and that is like that's something to celebrate for sure for sure i mean girl your skin is flawless oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those vegetables you know all those vegetables eat and your greens carrots and peanut butter you know the, really and carrots and peanut butter mm. anyways uh on to the next question <laughs> um so what goes in the basura for you so again, same, mm-hmm. same, same idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. It's people not wearing face masks. Like, it's like, I think, it, you know, I know that's controversial. I'm so sorry. But like, no, girl, I don't think that's controversial. I just can't stop sighing because it's just, mm-hmm. it keeps coming out of me. You know, I think it is, is like, I think in the culture of the U.S., you know, like especially the mainstream culture, it's 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 very individualistic. You know, there's like the American dream to make your own way for yourself and your family, but like you're not really checking for anybody else, right? Versus like thinking about your community and like how you can care for other human beings around you, right? Like we're all in this together, we're yeah. all one. And mm-hmm. so I think this concept of like community care over self-care is something I want to like give a matraca for and then I want to put in the basura, mm. this like self-care to the point where I'm... I'm doing whatever I want to do at the expense of other human beings. Right. Um, like individual care and forget everybody else. Right. Yeah, that's trash. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Thank you for calling that out. Cause I think that people have been, I think people have been feeling fatigue around Corona. And so, mm-hmm. and like a lot of people have just thrown the, just thrown like common sense out the window. Yeah. And it's y'all, like this is a time where we need to stay strong and stay Absolutely. like continue to like look out for other ourselves and other people. And like the very first thing the least thing that you can do is wear your mask we're not judging we love you but just you know it's about it's about us it's not just about one of us right it's about all of us right all of us yeah and and the thing is and also thinking about like even if you were to think a little bit more about yourself it's like do you do you want to have things continue to to open up like because if if you do then it's like we we have to continue to be mindful of how Mm -hmm. we're operating Mm-hmm. Or we're going to have everything reverted back, and and it's and it's looking like that could be a possibility right. because we're not being careful anymore about how we're stepping out into the world. And no one wants to be in the winter when it's cold and rainy, and we can't go anywhere, and we can't see our friends and family. So you know, yeah, we got this. Then. Okay, so last question: How have you currently been finding your calma? How what's been helping you stay a little bit more grounded in in these in these times? Yeah, you know, I think, um, man, right now I just took a sip of my tea and this is a perfect thing to do to prepare to answer that question. At night, (laughs) (laughs) at night, you know, 
outside of talking to my friends who I love deeply like you, um, at night I've been doing like a little really nice practice to unwind. And I don't do this every day, maybe like once a week or a couple times a week to doing some yin yoga. And that's holding poses for longer periods of time. So I get the whole, first of all, you get the whole setup popping. You get like the candle and whatever you want. You know, you can get a blanket or a pillow. You can light some incense or whatever you want to light. And then you you pick a few poses and you just stay in them for a couple minutes. It could be like a forward fold. It could be, you know, like a pigeon pose. It could be whatever. And you stay in each pose for a couple of minutes. And it just like really opens up the body and like breaks through your scar tissue. And I really feel that it breaks through like emotional scar tissue as well. It helps like provide that pause to really release. And like you sit there with all this tension and tightness and it really helps you like release emotional tightness as well and just like completely let go and unwind and feel totally grounded and supported. I'm like obsessed. That gives me so much kalama every day like that I do it. It's so special. I love that. So it's yin yoga. That's Y-I-N. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I actually haven't tried that. I've been mm. trying to grow in my yoga practice. It's really something that's been hard for me to incorporate and I've really been wanting to do it. And so you're inspiring me right now because I'm so good on meditation. I'm so good on other, you know, journaling, other introspective practices, but I, I haven't, like I've been wanting to really grow my 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 yoga practice. So like, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to try out yin yoga. Yeah, you are really good about journaling. And you know, it's so funny when you talk about journaling that I also, and it probably because of maybe your influence a little bit, I, I took a lot of care. My friend and I, uh, Tori and I took a lot of care to make really awesome journal questions for our album with the anti-racism topic too. So it's cool to like bring that in with meditation as well. But I, and I, that's something I don't do as much as the journaling. But I think the one thing I want to mention about the yin yoga is it doesn't have to be like, it's not like fancy yoga poses. It's literally like you, you know, fold over or you touch your toes and you stay like that. It could be, you know, an, any number of things. So um, you could just Google even like YIN yoga and there's so many poses that'll come up that you can try and I'll tell you how long to hold them. Perfect. All right. I'll be doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll let you, I'll, I'll check in with y'all. I'll let, let you know, know how that went let for us me. Know. <laughs> All right, Iman, are there any last things that you want to leave the people with? Like anything, you know, you mentioned um, this resource that you're going to be coming out with that you're going to give the Tamarindo listeners a special peak preview of. Mm -hmm. Anything else, like where can people find you or anything else that you want to give a shout out to that, that our listeners should know about? Yeah, I would, I mean, shout out to you all for listening. The resource will be on uh, Ana Shayla and, and Brenda's website and with Amarindo podcast website, or is that where it'll be, girl? I don't know, even know where it'll be. Yeah, I, I, we'll put it on there. We'll see where okay. else we put it on. <laughs> I, don't I don't even, I didn't even ask you. I'm like, yeah, it's on the website. I'm like, no, it's not yeah. actually. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe. The sneak peek can, can, des- can you design our page for us? Can you, you know, I can help with that. I can. The sneak peek will be, we'll, we'll make sure you all get that and um yeah any last words I think um just just try to find little parts of your day little ways that you can be a little bit more in touch with yourself whether that's you know like while you're walking to the bathroom focusing on the space where your feet touch the floor whether that's you know taking two minutes of your meal to really smell and savor the food and notice the ingredients and look at the colors there's just so many ways you can take you know two seconds to pause 
throughout your day. And I invite you all to do that. And I invite you all to um, check in with the meditation. And um, I'm also at Broccolette on Instagram. So yeah, sending love. Thank you so much, Iman. This was beautiful. Thank you. Gracias. Un abrazo. Un abrazo. Bye. Bye. Tamarindo Podcast is independently produced by Ana Sheila Victorino and Brenda Gonzalez. Jeff DeVoe provides original music and sound engineering, and Michelle Andrade provides editing and production support. Follow us on Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast and at Twitter at Tamarindo Cast. And if you like the show, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. What was that song, Mike Jones? Two eight one three three zero eight zero zero zero. That old school Whatever. song, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike Jones. Is that, that did he always say? Did he say? Did he say Mike Jones like that? Mike or am I tripping? Am I thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like back then they didn't right, want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. That's how I feel about mindfulness. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we should you should write that somewhere thank you thank you lay a track now. Now. yeah lay a track you know cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099.